Bob Barker here from the Leading Edge Forum, and I'm here with John Watton from Adobe Marketing. Hi, Bob. Hello, John. Good morning. Uh, so, John, uh, Adobe's been through a big transformation recently from license to SaaS. How's that overall affected marketing over the last few years? Yeah, well, it's been a huge transformation, as you can imagine. So, um, the way I would think about it is, is yes. I mean, if you, a lot of people are probably familiar with Adobe and in their minds think about sort of boxes of software and yeah. what, 10 years PDFs. ago. PDFs. Yeah. Well, yeah. Although being an electronic software company, we shipped our stuff through yeah. boxes, through distributors. So as a marketing organization, we were sort of um, separate from the customer. We had this kind of distri- distribution yeah. channel in between us and the customer. So um, you know, a lot of that customer insight understanding came either you know, sort of secondhand or through third-party Perfect. research. So moving to a cloud-based provision model, which we have done in the last few years, has also meant that as a business we can better understand our customers. So we are seeing live usage, understanding what people are downloading, using, accessing. And then as a marketing organization, again, this data almost real-time, as it were. Um, it means as a marketing team we've kind of been pulled into you know, direct relationship with the customer. Uh, and as a result of that, as you can imagine, it means that we've got much uh, greater access to much larger data, which means that also as a marketing team, we're much more data driven than we've ever been before. So it's been a huge change for us as a marketing group. Uh, it, has mean, uh, it has meant a, um, uh, a reskilling of our team, a reorganization of our team, and you know, it, it's just totally changed the way in which we operate. So, John, if we start looking at um, the whole of sort of technology marketing, marketing automation and mm. the rest of it, I mean, we, you know, a few years ago we sort of had lots of little bits that we'd, you know, we'd have our email over here and our website over here, yeah. and now everything's come together mm-hmm. and you've got the a sort of advantage to work for a company that's got it all anyway, so how has that affected marketing over the last few years as well? How have you seen that evolve? Yeah, well, I think as marketers... Um, Broadly, we just want to get on and do marketing. Yeah. And as always, with any technology changes, it throws up a lot of disruption. Um, and as you say, there's been a lot of great marketing technology that, that's become available. And I think the great thing for a lot of brands is that technology is, you know, the cost of acquisition has come right down, so it's a lot easier to, to get to. Um, you know, in the past, you used to have to be a big brand with big budgets to yeah. access to that. Um, but what I think as marketers we don't want to do is spend our time piecing together little bits of technology to make yeah. things work or um, you know, get that sort of view of the customer because I think with a platform um, it really addresses the thing I think as marketers we all want to do which is get a, whatever you want to call it, a single view of the customer, 360, 360-degree view of the customer, whatever you want to call it. That's what we want to get to because as we know, you know, even in the most B2B of industries, a lot of the interaction that your customer has with you is on many channels, whether that's your website, through social, you know, through email, whatever. And you need that, that total view because some customers only interact with you on the email, some customers only interact with you on your social channels. Yeah. And you know, if, you, if you're just measuring or, or monitoring one of those, you're not getting that understanding of you know, the, whatever, the true value or the behaviors or you know the understanding of that customer of your brand and then what you can do to you know best service them. So um, yeah, I mean I, we're very lucky because 
you know, we are a uh, marketing technology provider. We have a, a full platform. As a marketer, I get a very uh, preferential rate on that technology. <laughs> I hope you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just allowed us to get on with the job of marketing and not think about, you know, integrating and being a systems integrator. Yeah. So that's the real benefit for yeah. us. And then the data that is used for, from, that, uh, from that activity. So getting practical on the data side of things, mm. Um, what are you actually looking at? Yeah, do you have a? Do you look at it every day? Do you have a team meeting halfway through the week? You say, okay, let's have a look at our top ten prospects, or, yeah. or are we looking at markets? Yeah. You, how are you actually looking at the data? Well, um, so the first thing to say is that um, I think we're all on a journey on this, and I know when I talk to other marketers, the worry is always, are we falling behind? You know, who's doing this really well? I think I've seen our use of data, you know, in that sort of respect, you know, evolve over the last few years and continues to evolve. But, I, you know, there's basically four areas and the fourth, the final one I'll come, come to, I think is just an interesting thing for B2B marketers. So, you know, the first is just the ongoing performance. Yeah. So as a B2B marketing organization, we are measured uh, as part of our overall business in terms of what we contribute to the pipeline and to the revenue. So, you know, we have a hard number, you know, which we, um, uh, which we are tracked against. And every, yeah, once a week we get a, a, a sort of a dashboard on, on how that's looking for, you know, the current quarter, the current quarter plus one, plus two, plus three. And is that marketing qualified leads or is it, is it, is it, what is it? Well, we use the um, Serious Decisions Waterfall, so right. the terminology hopefully people are familiar with. Um, what I've learned is that the, the things at the top of the funnel, you know, in, in the top end are, you know, the sort of, you know, vanity metrics. And so uh, what we focused on is more of the sort of harder numbers at the bottom, which is really the pipeline that's in our forecast and then hopefully the, the, the revenue that we've booked. But yes, as a marketing group, we track as well up the funnel, you know, sales accepted leads, marketing qualified leads, and inquiries up the funnel. But looking at those in isolation isn't really valuable. Right. It doesn't mean a lot, much more about what are we translating into hard business, as it were. So we have a sort of coverage model that looks at the amount of business we need to be contributing to help us hit our revenue goals, and we track that over the quarters. So that's the first thing. Um, and then, you know, in terms of our marketing execution, there are two things that we, ma uh, that we uh, measure. One is our marketing return on investment. So we are looking back over, I think, th three quarters, so maybe nine months, maybe a year, and looking at um, what is delivering the best return on investment. Right. Um, so we can track then, because we can track the, the business impact, we understand what we spent, we can look at the ROI, uh, and then we look at that ROI basically uh, on how it impacts the various stages of the funnel. And then the third area then is our media mix. Um, so what is the right mix of activities, whether that's events, advertising, PR, social, how does that all imp impact our business? That's, that's the third area. And the fourth, which I think is really interesting, and you know, you've kind of mentioned your question, which is, you know, marketing into key accounts or strategic accounts. Mm. You know, we have, you know, the whole sort of top tier of our um, customers, um, you know, we put into this whole, you know, account-based marketing right. kind of thing, which is really interesting for B2B because, you know, B2B marketers like 10 years ago were really sort of account-based marketers trying to, you know, do very kind of high-touch activities. And then marketing automation allowed us to scale that out of breadth. 
you know, to just, you know, these kind of these broad behavioral based, you know, scale yeah. up your marketing. And now I think a lot of us are trying to blend that back with the high touch approach yeah. for those really valuable accounts. So how does that work with sales then? You know, if you've got your yeah. account, do, are, you, are you meeting sales? This is really interesting and because um, where, when you're doing breadth marketing, you know, marketing can sort of make that strategic decision to go out and take this message to this breadth of customers because yeah. you're out on making a market. When you're on a sort of an account-based uh, marketing plan, you have to fit into the sales plan. So you can't just go out and market to your top customers. No. You have to work with the account teams. Right. So, um, so the, way, the way I see it, the way we see it, is the marketing plan is effectively a, you know, a chapter or a tab in a, in a, in a sales-based plan. And so um, you know, the sales team should get deeper visibility of what we're doing. Uh, and then be able to sort of map that into what they're doing, but they really have to own that decision. Right. You know, we can't just say, right, we're going to do something, we don't care, you know, what, what you think. You know, they have to sort of, you know, arbitrate that decision based on, you know, the commercial situation or any sensitivities the account may have or the stage in the sales or the buying cycle. So did you go through a physical meeting on that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Okay. Account by account. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we have, a, as I say, a top tier accounts across Europe. Um, each one of those accounts typically has, you know, a different account manager, account executive, as we call yeah. them. Yeah, and then you know we have um, account planning sessions, you know, regular ongoing meetings. Yeah. Um, so where's yes. social selling fit? I mean, so the yeah, big, the big social selling. So empowering the sales force with content for so they can yep. share it with their with their customers. Yeah. Is that are you doing that? And how's that how's that working? So there's kind of two parallel initiatives. There's kind of what I would call sales enablement. So in a company like Adobe, you mean our sales organization and our sales structures is, is huge, right? Compared to you know, some smaller businesses where I've been at, where it's more of a kind of sort of team thing. So you have to have a dedicated sales enablement you know, function that helps the sales people with the content they need and the sales approach and, you know, and, and use of our CRM and all that sort of stuff that, you know, that, that really you can't sort of run out of marketing. And then what we're... And so that function actually works with us and drives the right content. You know, there's, there's sales right. portals and so on. Um, we then further, in, I guess, enable that uh, team with content that we're producing and initiatives and, you know, thinking and obviously research right. and all the sort of stuff that we do in our marketing to, to <clears throat> generate interest. And it really sort of dovetails into that. So, you know, we produce... Um, a kind of um, weekly, um, a sort of diary of, you know, a forward-looking diary of what we're doing that week from a social perspective for our right. social teams to, um, sorry, sales teams to pick up. And, and, the, and, do, and do you find that they're picking that up? Are they, are yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's mixed, yeah. right? <laughs> so there's a bigger challenge around yeah. getting, you know, a broad range of personalities yeah. using social media, right? As, as you know, I know yeah. that's a lot of work that, that you get involved in. Yeah. And, um, you know, there are people who are reluctant to do that and there are people yeah. who jump on it, so we're no different. Yeah. So uh, the whole AI space, where's yeah. marketing going? Have you got any insights there? So we have AI, machine intelligence, people call it all kinds of things, but what, yeah. where do you, is, there, is that affecting marketing at all? Is it more in the, is it more in the B2C space where there's, you know, a lot of analysis done on the people actually on site. How's, how's AI affecting? Yeah, well, I mean, I think AI is often, when people think of AI, they think of something very sort of, you know, I don't know, like 
the Human Genome Project or something, yeah. something really sort. But you know, there's obviously algorithmic intelligence yeah. in a lot of standard marketing technology. So, you know, when when you are doing your your programmatic advertising, you are using you know a machine engine that is helping you you know uh, make some decisions. So I would see that sort of flavor of yeah. kind of algorithmic machine. Um, learning now it's not like a natural language parsing thing that no. you know like a right. alexa or a you know that kind of learns and grows but i think there's a lot of obviously algorithmic stuff that, that we that we use in in b2b marketing you know in in the sort of marketing automation world um you know we're doing you know um real-time personalization based on understanding of you know, a customer consumer's behavior, you know, dynamic creative on the fly based on understanding what you're doing within that sort of last millisecond. Right. So there's a lot of that kind of clever stuff going on. That's, is that more consumer or is that... No, I mean, we... No, no, I mean, you know, we, we use it ourselves in our B2B marketing when we're, um, you know, driving our kind of uh, brand awareness, you know, through, um, through sort of programmatic channels. Um, you know, the way we personalize Adobe.com done like that so you know it, it's, it's accessible to B2B marketers I think in B2B marketing we're always a little step behind the consumer marketing world mm. um, but it's not like you know 10 years ago it was like a, yeah. a generation behind you know? Cheap, really, yeah. you know I mean there's great B2B practice yeah. and great B2C practice and there's poor B2B practice and poor B2C practice right mm. so you know, as you know when you check your inbox every day when you, you know, get up in the morning and email so you can't say that one is you know, worse than the other and you know, I think you know, what I've seen the last five years is as B2B marketers we've been able to benefit from this sort of consumer technology and yeah. probably more importantly consumer thinking consumer marketing thinking about how you approach marketing and that was often what was missing in B2B marketing it was very much because it's in a B2B environment, uh, which is uh, has yeah, has a very strong reliance on a sales organisation. Typically, yeah. you know, marketing was typically more of a support function, and not necessarily driving or leading the business. Yeah. Um, you know, I see in brand like Adobe, we have a kind of mixed, you know, kind of blended kind of view of things. I think a lot of what we do in our B2B world, you know, is is driven by marketing, yeah. and the organisation expects that, right? Yeah. Um, but there are many other areas which you know sales has to lead just because of the nature of the engagement with the customer. Yeah. Um, so so you know I think that sort of that AI thing will only develop and evolve. You yeah. know I, I think you know you think about the range of um, channels that we're uh, using in B two B marketing. You know more and more things like smartwatches and you know Internet of Things and devices all come into the B two B fold. Yeah. And you know just the scale of the data that um, we need to process, analyze, and act on will require a much more intelligent kind of um, technology, you know, to drive that. So, you know, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of evolving, you know, VR and AR is, you know, coming into it. You know, there are B2B brands that are doing kind of using VR, you know, in, 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 uh, in, in, in their kind of, Customer interaction, yeah. monetary marketing. But the main, I mean, looking at what you guys did, the main customer interaction bit, is that still, you, you know, it's, it's coming up to uh, a summit. Is, it, is, is, the, is the big event still, st- obviously still working for you guys? It's still, yeah. it's because it's meet, people meeting people, isn't it? Yeah. Well, how's that? Why, that's yeah. very important. Well, I, I, you know, I, I always say that 
everything is up for grabs when you're when you're thinking about marketing channels or marketing tactics. Yeah. It, you know, in, in I assuming you know, I presume in consumer marketing, but in B two B marketing, aside from probably fax marketing, everything else still has a role. Yeah. You know, when I when I um, when I, you know when I started you know, doing B two marketing, you had like four or five channels. You had kind of events. You could send something in a post. Yeah. You know, you could phone someone out up. You did PR, and yeah. if you're really, really lucky, you know, you could do advertising. But that was very rare. Um, and all those things are still valid. You know, we still do telemarketing. Um, we still send things in the post. I mean, I get nothing in the post now at work. And when I get something in the post, I get an email from reception saying you've got a letter or a package, <laughs> which means if you want to say, get hold of my attention, yeah. send me yeah. something in the post. Um, and yes, and physical events are still a key part of what we do. Um, but it's a mix, so it's like having a cake mix, right? You, yeah. you can't just say, well, just you know, the ROI way. on that is so good. Just spend all your money, money on, on email that. or on events or on telemarketing. What we understand, it's a mix, and all these things have a sort of interrelationship and a causal effect on each other. Um, but do you yes. know kind of like how many touches you're trying to do? Is it seven or ten or thirty? Or we we yeah we have yeah we yeah we we try and manage that. So right. Without getting too technical, you know, we, we basically are a commercial business, right? So we track leads and opportunities and revenue. So we track what we need to do to get, you know, a a, a, a marginally interested yeah. person to be an opportunity, right? And then we track the sort of touches to get to that. And then once that that um, contact is an opportunity, then we track then the touches we need on average to get them to you know to position where they're comfortable with you know signing a commercial agreement so we look at all that but i think you know in this digital world um it's even more imperative to kind of stand out and cut through and that's why i think a lot of the traditional thinking that we had in marketing around you know even things like creative and emotional connection yeah are even more important now they i think there was a thinking that with marketing automation you know you'd get all this data, you would get the right message to the right person, the right time and the right channel, and that's kind of the job done. No, I mean, because, you know, we get thousands of tweets in our, you know, in in our social media dashboard, we get hundreds of emails, you know, we get very little post, um, so, you know, and... and You ought to try that. Yeah, try that, and send hundreds of, you know, invites to events, so actually things like events are a way in which you can stand out, I think more and more it's not about there's just the process of having an event it's about creating an experience and I think that's more and more what uh, customers and consumers want or or kind of will respond to is, is an experience so you know we, we try and build an integrated experience across yeah. our marketing and then when we stage an event we try and make sure it's the best event we can make and we yeah. think about the experience you know at the event rather than just a functional let's try and get a hundred people in a room and yeah. talk to them for an hour and that, that'll be good enough you know yeah I think you do a good job of that yeah. and so um, f- f- creating that experience the yeah. art side yeah. of it what sort of yeah. agency mix have you got are you, you yeah. know, is that coming from within or you know or, or it's corporates big agency that's coming up with big ideas or you know yeah. what agencies are you using yeah so the agency relationship um, has kind of changed um, so, um, so firstly, you know, when we think about our brand and creating our kind of standout, you know, kind of content and message, we use a global agency to do that. Yeah. Um, and actually, our kind of brand advertising, you know, used to be print and poster and 
I wouldn't say airport, but you know, kind of physical print. Uh, and then it went obviously to sort of um, you know uh, display, and now it's video. So all of our yeah. all of our content is video. So we do these very, um, hopefully, people think humorous videos. Yeah. You know, if it, we try and bring out the kind yeah. of um, um, the personality of our brand, which we like to think is you know contemporary, a little edgy, you know, a little humorous. So a video allows you to tell a story. And you know, and, and get across a message more than just you know ten words on, on, a, on a print ad. And we found you know as well, luckily you know, um, to be um, to, to be you know, great from a response point of view. So so we use a, a global agency to do that, uh, uh, and then we use local agencies to kind of you know position that and, and you know put it in the right media. But you know, we have a range of agencies doing a range of different things. So for example. You know, uh, we've insourced a lot of our um, uh, market activities in the past that we outsourced to agencies. So what sort of market execution. Yeah. Thing? So, yeah. so I think if I were to summarise our attitude towards agencies, we use agencies more for strategic counsel and to give us that kind of view on the industry and best practice and options and ideas, and less on the doing, because the kind of yeah. The friction of dealing with agency, yeah. you know, and doesn't time, really yeah. work on some things yeah. based on the fact that we have to sort of move within hours, if not minutes and days, and to get things done. So we've insourced, um, uh, for example, we used to outsource the management of our marketing automation. We now bring, we brought that in house. I mean, we, we that was a few years ago. Um, we brought in house our media, some of our media buying and our programmatic and our um, you know paid. Um, uh, social buying in-house, because also we feel that having that in in a, in within our business uh, is important for the DNA of our marketing team. Yeah. You know, to have digital in our DNA and not sort of outsource, outsource it to someone, it all, someone yeah. else. And so, so I, we still have agencies. Yeah, they just do different things. And PR. Yes, we have PR. Yes. Um, so um, yeah, we have you know, PR agencies again who provide a lot of our counsel. We have. You know, PR professionals within the business. We have social media team within the business yeah. who do most of our social media. Um, if all, all of our social media, again, we haven't outsourced that to a. And you mentioned agency. social, buying yeah. some social advertising, yeah. and, and also Google. Yeah. How are you? How are you using? How are you using Google? Are you use, are you buying Google? At, you know, what, what's the? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, again, you know, we look at the the buyer's journey, and and you know, and Google is a key part of that. So yeah. we have to have a presence on Google, you know, across all the things that people search for when they're thinking of what we do uh, at Adobe. Um, in a B two B sense, one of our most productive channels, no surprise, is, is LinkedIn. LinkedIn yeah. yeah. So you know, we spend uh, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of money, but you know, we, we put a lot of effort on onto LinkedIn because that allows you to get really targeted. I mean, so in, in terms of advertising, yeah, 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 that's right. In terms of advertising, yeah. so in a B two B world, we you know. It, you have a list of companies you want to talk to, right? So mm. you can give that list of companies to 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 somebody like yeah. LinkedIn, and you can target specifically those companies and spend yeah. your money specifically on the companies. And then, of course, roles in those companies. So, of course, that's the the value of LinkedIn. It has all of that, you know, that uh, that universe of content. And you're looking at that with the sales source when you do that, or you in you, what sense? So you, you you know, if you're looking at the roles within the company, what's going to go to each? Are you is that that's getting on in the background, yeah. as opposed to involving the sales source in those kind of. Yeah, to some extent. I yeah. mean, I'd say it's probably something. No, we we don't sort of you know sort of do um, you know talk you know 
and maybe that's something we could do sort of talk with the sales team about what, what we're doing to target, target those, those kind of accounts or anything like that yeah. um, but I could see that's a natural evolution as we develop our account based marketing as well quick far round um, so uh, what what was your last marketing epiphany what was your what was your last big aha moment what was the actually it was um, um, I was working at a small startup um, with a small team and it was really my kind of journey into where I am now and the conversation we talked about which is marketing automation so I was able as a, as a small business to to invest in a marketing platform um, um, and punch far above my weight and yeah. it just suddenly made me realize how within the reach of any size of business marketing technology is and how you can really do smart things no matter what your size and I think that was a, a, a big epiphany for me and then you know subsequent to that I just wanted to be in that industry so it's kind of how I've ended up to be at Adobe. Great and uh, is there an individual or somebody that's had a big influence on your career? Yeah I've um, I've always, um, I've always, I mean, I, you know, I, I guess I, I love anyone who um, has a kind of uh, a, a, what I call a growth mindset. Right. So I wouldn't say there are individuals, but, you know, a specific individual, but there are, you know, people who I've worked with and for. Um, because what I see more and more, especially in marketing, it's not necessarily about um, your hard skills, yeah. knowing a specific tool set anymore. It's certainly with a brand like Adobe and I guess technology brands. It's about your almost your attitude and your softer skills about yeah, you, know, it, yeah. you know your attitude to growing a business mm. and and growing yourself and and your uh, and you know your career. And I've always tried to bear that in mind, even at my ripe old age. You know, I still feel there's a lot to learn. Yeah. So it's it's people that I've worked with and for who've kind of had that attitude that. You know, I guess continue to, without saying cliche, inspire me. Right. You know, to sort of uh, you know grow and learn and develop, and you know, and, and that's what I think is great about B two B marketing. There's, yeah. It's a great time to be in B two marketing, and there's loads to learn, and you know, it's it's a great place to be. And uh, if, uh, what your job would be easier if dot dot dot. Add more money and people, obviously. More money and people. (laughs) That's 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 the marketer's curse, isn't it? You know, uh, uh, you never have enough money and people. So that that that's not um, um, not not the case. So my flippant answer is really, you know, coming to what what the real, you know, if I had the ability really to to more ruthlessly prioritise what I'm doing, that would make my job easier. You know, you can have all the resources. I've worked at bigger and smaller companies, yeah. and you never have enough resources no. for people. So my job would only be easier if I could, you know, better prioritise what I'm doing. I guess. Uh, final question: What are you reading? What are you? Where are you going? Is there other particular online sites you go to? Are there books that you look at? You know. Yeah. So I guess I've curated um, a list on Twitter. So I guess in there, there are a combination of you know interesting you know people doing interesting things, whether they're. Um, you know, independent consultants or researchers, or just people in in other industries. Is that a public list or a private? Is it a public list? It might be a public list. Yeah, oh, go. can I share I'll, it? Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Oh. There's a there's a tip. <laughs> uh, I think it's public. I don't think I made it private. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you know, I try to read, you know, Wired, TechCrunch, all those kind of things. Find it very very difficult to to do that. 
So I find the curated list is it's the way. It's just yeah. an easy way. And, 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 just Twitter, add and Twitter is a kind of a, you know, a, a scannable kind of quick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we all want bite-sized content now, yeah. right? We all have short attention spans. So, um, so yeah, I guess when I get up in the morning, once I, you know, lean out of bed and put Twitter on, but you know, it's one of the first resources I look at just yeah. to get a quick snapshot across the board. Yeah. Well, John, thank you very much. That was a great sort of overview of what's going on with Adobe and where technology is going within Adobe and where and where you think the market's going. So, mm -hmm. thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you, Bob.